Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Joanne. And I'm Kim. And today we have with us one of our fellow nutrition and wellness friends. And Mm -hmm. her name is Agatha Achindu. And she is a functional and holistic nutrition consultant, therapist, And we're going to have her introduce herself and tell the whole audience who you are and a little bit about your background, where you're from and all that. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Again, my name is Agatha Achindu. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach. I am also the founder of Yummy Spoonfuls Organic for Mm -hmm. Kids, which is a nationally distributed organic food sold in Walmart stores nationwide today. I am originally from Cameroon, West Africa. I came Hmm. to the United States some 31 years ago. I'm a mother of three amazing boys. I'm not going to share their age. That way you guys don't start judging like, oh my gosh, (laughs) baby. I have spent the... I want to say the last 25 years of my life, helping families change their relationship with food and self, mm-hmm. just to create awareness around what wellness really is from a more integrative space, mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. has just been my purpose because for so long, I watch community members after community members try their hardest, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to get off medication, and Mm -hmm. everything is so focused on the physical diet and nobody's Mm -hmm. doing anything about the primary foods. Mm -hmm. Or it's either you're exercising so much and you're cutting out all these different things that you eat. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I want it to really make wellness accessible in my community. That is not something that's exclusive to the rich. If you want it, you can have it because the human body is that powerful. It has the capacity to heal. I believe that. I I am in total agreement with that. I'm the, I believe that food is medicine. It may not be medication. I think that's the differentiation that people, you know, they're always, they always get, what is that term? Their panties in a bunch. In a bunch. (laughs) bunch. (laughs) When someone says food is medicine, they're like "Ah, acetaminophen and ibuprofen. I'm not saying food is medication. Medication has its purpose. That's right. I believe that food is medicine and our go-to in the United States is always medication and not a change Mm -hmm. in your lifestyle and the foods that you're eating, the quality and all that. So I'm totally agreeing with that. But I want to ask you, you're from Cameroon, so you speak French? I do speak French. I'm half Cameroonian, half Nigerian. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So I was actually born in Nigeria. My mom is Nigerian. My dad is from Cameroon. Funny enough, so I have lived the longest outside of Cameroon because, I mean, I've been here 31 years. I'm 54, mm-hmm. right? And I left home. So, yes, but I do speak French. 
Oh, you that's how long I've been in the United States, I think. About yeah. 31 years. I think we came yeah. in late 80s. I was I was just having a conversation with my mom about that. And she's always like trying to calculate. But I think, yeah, we've been here around the same time. But I, I know the Cameroon, is it Cameroonian? What is it? Yes, Cameroonian. Cameroonian. Yes. I know yeah. that you guys speak French because yeah. one of our good friends who's Haitian married someone from Cameroon. And yeah. then the hair, oh. the braider that I go to here in Atlanta, her salon has a, a lot of the stylists are Cameroonian and when they're speaking I'm like how y'all sound where are you from yes Haiti yes. so I'm yes. like no I know you're from Haiti I mean <laughs> like you're like okay what you like where right. are you because I'm like hold right? up yes. this sounds like Creole but there's yes. there's a slight difference but I understand what y'all saying yes the first time around <laughs> I let them talk because I wanted to see what well, y'all, y'all gonna be talking about me <laughs> <laughs> they were so nice they did it and i told them that i was haitian and then from the yeah. from, since then i've been going there for four years so i know cameroonians they speak yeah. from that that's right <laughs> nice what a small world i never even knew to be honest with you that cameroonian people spoke french see i'm learning something i'm learning something <laughs> that's right so agatha joanne made she stated early in her intro that you have a background in nutrition so i want you to Dive into that and tell us about your journey into nutrition, like educationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at when I came to the United States, I started just because I was coming from an entirely different food culture. When I started this journey, it was just all about really helping people eat better. Mm-hmm. Like somebody will walk up to me like, oh my gosh, what do you use on your skin? What do you use on your teeth? And I would always go back to, oh, I really don't use anything. It's the food. And I would start teaching them. So this is how that journey has started. My dad worked, my late dad worked with the work with preventive medicine back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I grew up like every other sibling of mine around eating better, not drinking soda and all these type of things. But at that point, Mm -hmm. there wasn't any really formal type of education. And Mm -hmm. it was around food. I started researching like, oh my goodness, people were coming to me with all these questions. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I eat? Why do I need to avoid this? Why do I this? And so for years, I was just, doing all this work, trying to understand and teach. And it got to a point, something happened to me personally mm. that I, I had gained, it might be it was 10 pounds or so, mm. but I hadn't changed mm. what I was eating, right? Nothing had changed in my food, in my diet. I don't do soda. I don't do this. I still eat healthy. I do the healthy ice cream when I feel like ice cream. This is what got me into, okay, so there is more to health than just diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. What's going on with me? At this point, I didn't know anything about primary foods, but of course, Dr. Google, and I was looking. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, stress, inflammation, and this and that and that. Mm-hmm. That's the journey mm-hmm. that ended me up to going to IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I don't know if you guys are familiar with IIN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did a year with them and got certified. And from there, I'm like, okay, well, I've discovered mindfulness. Mm-hmm. 
that mm. was India doing yoga, getting certified as a yoga instructor to learn that part of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my journey. Right. That's just been my journey, the certification part of it. And my background, even when I was teaching, doing all this was in IT. So mm-hmm. I worked in mm-hmm. America. And this right. was, right. A, yeah, this lifestyle today that I make a living from it used to be just mm-hmm. Something that started from sheer frustration. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. you mm-hmm. don't have to be sick. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why you are taking starting for, you know, when you can change your lifestyle and change just little things and get off that medication because you're getting side effects when you're taking this. Girl. That's just how this journey started. Mm-hmm for me wow here we are today i've invested the time i've invested the money Mm -hmm. and i honestly take pride when i see the change in the people i work with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's so important because you mentioned something that's the key you mentioned stress and i feel like in the society that we live it's like a go, go, go society. And we don't realize that, you know, all these stress hormones are adversely impacting our health. And even though we can be eating the same foods, practicing the same lifestyle due to a sheer increase of stress, Mm -hmm. that really puts our efforts at naught. So I'm so happy that you brought out that stress piece because even, you know, I know you see your clients and Joanna and I, we see our clients as well. And all the time, I'm always asking them, what's your stress level on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the highest? Yeah, I'm like, you need to focus on that. It's not only about the diet. It's not only about exercise. It's that stress. Stress does it. I'm so glad you brought that out. I always stress to the clients that if you're not addressing that, those stressors and whatever it is maybe affecting you mentally, I can do all the work that I want and guide you as much as I can and you make these changes and interventions and we see no changes uh-huh. right of all the stressors that are still in place in your life 100% and I think that's one of the I don't want to say it's like it's a myth mm-hmm. but it's for decades I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that has just been moved from one generation to the other. Yep. Oh, well, if you count calories mm-hmm. and if you walk out calories in, calories out, mm-hmm. walking out and this, then you're going, especially when it comes to weight loss. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this lie has been yes. revisited mm-hmm. so many times and billions has been made. Mm-hmm. And that's not true, right? It doesn't matter how you can drink kale juice all day. Mm-hmm. You can walk <laughs> out all day. When you are overweight, there are so many things. I mean, you know this. There are so many things that would impact mm-hmm. your health, right? That would spike insulin and stress. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. big factor and what are some of the things that will come that will impact stress it could be relationships right if you're talking to somebody about your weight and you're not asking them oh how is your relationship how is your spiritual life 
your finances. Right. Mm-hmm. These are all the things that directly impacts right. you, right? And then the way we also look at weight loss, it's it's almost like, well, I can get you to a size two. I can get you to lose mm-hmm. 100 pounds. Right. We, I don't know what your ideal weight is going to be. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. heal, when you start giving your body what it needs, mm-hmm. the excess weight would come off. Mm-hmm. And that's different because we're all bio-individuals, right? Mm-hmm. That excess mm-hmm. weight is different for everybody else. So it might be you're not a size two. You would be a size eight. Right. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're overweight. You've lo- All the excess weight is gone. And size eight is your ideal Wait, there is so much, I, I have so much empathy sometimes when somebody will come to me and like, oh, I'm doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. I don't eat mm-hmm. no caps. I don't eat no these. I don't eat no these. And I'm stressed all the time because mm-hmm. I don't eat all of this. And you just tell me, like, you're telling me what your issue is already. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can eat right. all these things is already making you so stressed. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you're stressed, your body can heal right. because right. your body can only heal when your body is in rest mode. Right. Mm. That's powerful. And sometimes, you know, those clients are a little bit easier for me to explain that concept to because they, they're doing everything, quote unquote, that they're supposed to be doing as opposed to somebody who's like, well, are you sure? Maybe it's because, you know, I drink soda all the time or you know, I'm eating processed foods all the time. The person who is still having issues, but are doing based on what they're telling us things the right way, that person, it's easy for me to explain and have them realize there's other aspects to health and wellness than just focusing just on calories in, calories out. Like that doesn't, that's not what health is about, you know? No, no. Right. Right. Never has been. That has never, and sometimes I'm like, how do people get tricked this hard? And I'm not just talking about the clients. I'm talking about dietitians, nutritionists, doctors. This lie mm. has taken a life of its own. Calories in, calories out. When you count calories, you know, the body the body, the same way that you don't tell yourself to breathe, mm-hmm. the body is a self-sufficient machine. It adapts. Mm-hmm. When you count calories, mm-hmm. the body, wherever you go, the body tries because it's self-protecting itself. Right. So it right. adapts. Is the reason why when you count and count and you stop, eventually you don't only regain, you regain more than what you lost. Right. Because it's not a sustainable lifestyle. Who does that? No. And the thing is that it starts at the top. Like this is what we, 10 years ago, like the beliefs I have now or how I treat my clients in therapy is completely different than what I learned coming out of school. Because coming out of school in a traditional dietetics program, everything is cookie cutter, textbook, evidence-based. You know, that's their big thing. If it's not evidence-based, then it's not true. And evidence states that calories in, calories out. So they've perpetuated that concept. And that's why it's still regurgitated today and everyone is still using it, even though the concept is wrong. I think being in the field and applying my skills and 
taking into consideration my background, which I I tried to deny because <laughs> they told me it was wrong, Agatha. And so That's they right. told me, you know, That's the right. Haitian concepts that I, you know, my father taught me that he raised us on and uh, using preventative medicine. That's that right. A pill in a bottle. Right. right. You know, they told me that that's not evidence based. So I'm like, I have to remove yeah. these ideas from my mind. Yeah. But then I got sick and I had to embrace them again because that's, that's that right. concept, along with the knowledge that I did gain, you know, in school, this is what healed me. That's right. So going into that, I want you to explain functional nutrition and integrative nutrition because I don't think everyone understands that versus the traditional way of things. And what made you decide the functional? I mean, I'm sure it's evident why you decided the functional, but I think you need to define it for the audience. So before I go there, Mm -hmm. what made me for a while, like I said, I've read a ton of books and I am from a medical family like there is medicine. We believe in science. I never want anybody to feel as if, oh my goodness, she's just wonka. <laughs> I also believe that the problem that we have in the Western world is we want to take a chainsaw and cut something that you can use a knife to cut a toothpick, mm-hmm. right? Science, these medicines, when When you have a little scrape at home, when you have a cold, a little cold, when those things that can be done at home, that you can take care of at home with some loving care, when we start messing with it and start using huge medicine that's, if you've tried all the home remedies and they don't work, then you go now to science. You go to this medicine to use. Mm -hmm. We just started using from the beginning. So then you're having all these side effects. The difference in a nutshell for me, when I think of integrative nutrition, right? It's not just the physical food. In integrative nutrition, food is secondary food. You want to know what's primary food, Mm -hmm. which is even more important than what you eat is the mind is the reason why placebo effect Mm -hmm. works today. That's how powerful the mind is. Mm -hmm. So in primary foods, right, we have your relationships, we have your spiritual life. Even when I'm talking to my clients about spiritual lives, I'm like, I'm not teaching you. This is not about a particular religion. Mm -hmm. This is that spiritual life that gives you hope that Mm. there is something bigger than you. So even when you, when you have some type of stress, like the type of stress that we're going through in my family this week, Mm -hmm. there is hope, hope that at the end of the day, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. right? That's that part that spirituality brings, but there is, Your work life, people don't Mm -hmm. realize the impact that work life has. If Mm -hmm. you think that at any given day, for those of us with one job or people who have two jobs, you Mm -hmm. spend, it might be eight to 12 hours at work, Mm -hmm. right? If you're Mm -hmm. not happy at work, this is something that you do 
it might be five, six days. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how hard you try. Mm-hmm. You are not going to be healthy. With functional nutrition, we don't just focus on the physical food, which is the secondary food. Mm-hmm. It's everything that impacts your health, mm. sleep, your stress, right? All those things impacts health. Mm-hmm. Movement. Although when, when you think of traditional nutrition, it's diet, right? It's diet. And then it's like, okay, if you're eating right and you're walking out, mm-hmm. then you have it covered. But now slowly the world is realizing that integrative health is not as wonka because in the past, when you hear somebody say, Oh, I mean, integrator, that doesn't mm-hmm. sound sciencey. And right. I wanted to say something about evidence base. Mm-hmm. So I spent, I spent a lot of my time mm-hmm. just going through white paper. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the NIH? What like I spend a lot of time. And it's it's sad to see how much money is in this. Some of this evidence that we're looking at mm-hmm. sometimes I follow the money mm-hmm. because it's mm. why today in this America mm-hmm. with all the data that's out there about mm-hmm. dairy mm-hmm. dairy is still it's recommended it's in right. the school launch program mm-hmm. if yeah, I told me, I was looking at what is I have a book the book that the American, so I pulled the Pediatric Nutrition Handbook. It's my, when I'm dealing with family, I mean, I like to look into their science and data. In their book, it's written, in their book, this is not one card that I went to pull somewhere. <laughs> How dairy, if you're taking dairy, it makes the body not absorb iron. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's scientific-based evidence, right? When you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. However, kids in this country, pediatricians would recommend or oh, give them cereal because it's rich in iron, mm-hmm. they, right? And what do they eat the cereal with? Milk. <laughs> milk. Okay. Milk. So how are they going to get the iron? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. their body can absorb it with Based the dairy. The right. Right. There is so much money in sickness care mm-hmm. in America, unfortunately. And our healthcare system, like any other business, is a for-profit business. So numbers, it's a numbers game. They do the same thing like any other business. Unfortunately, this is happening with our health, mm-hmm. with your health, with your children's health. Mm-hmm. But people have to be mindful how they look at evidence and start asking questions like, okay, who is benefiting from this? Is it me? Is it my community? Or is this the Bigfoot giant? Mm -hmm. Because somebody, I don't mind paying money, but if you are going to be paying money for something, you have to benefit from it somehow. This book, if you guys have never read this book, this particular book is called Selling Sickness. Who's the author? Ray Monahan and Alan Cassells. It's an interesting read. Mm-hmm. 
it can leave you frustrated to really get an understanding how all these maintenance drugs. So because we have a ton of maintenance drug in America, that's mm-hmm. where the money is. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. high cholesterol or type two diabetes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. However, though, these are all lifestyle diseases, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. you can make a change. Nobody's talking about, well, stop eating that double burger. If I'm giving you medicine for high cholesterol in three months, in six months, this is where we need to be. Right. No. I have clients who come to me because they are trying to get off statin that they've been on for almost 20 years. Mm. And now I would say, just you go Google. I don't want to see you Google and see how long you're supposed to be on that particular medicine. Mm. Wow. And I was going to say that. I was going to say that a lot of clients who come to me, oftentimes they're saying that the doctor didn't even recommend any lifestyle changes. Yes. Mm -hmm. They just gave them the medication and then they themselves are like, man, I don't want to start medication without making any kind of lifestyle changes. So they searched for someone who can help them. And they, you know, that's how they ended up with me. And I've experienced it myself. I've experienced what you were speaking of in regards to the pediatrician. My firstborn, I was then going to a traditional pediatrician and I was telling him that dairy is not doing my baby well. This was after breastfeeding. I think he was two. He had eczema. And I was saying, you know, he, he, he doesn't do well with it. And, he, and he's like, well, what about the calcium? What about the vitamin D? And well, he knew that I was a dietitian. And I'm like, well, there are other sources for that. And food, we don't even have to go into supplements. Yep. And, and he just would not take what I had to say. He even went as far as to tell me he doesn't PD, like he's not the physician for his kids. And maybe I should go to a dietitian to get consultation on what? my kids. Yeah. Oh he was my like, goodness. He's like, he doesn't doctor Are his you kids. Serious? But he lets another pediatrician see his kid. And so I should do the same thing and see oh, a, no. another a dietitian to let me know that my kid doesn't have any issue with dairy. That's that, that's that mentality that they have. I feel like they come out of school knowing one thing and they stick with it and they push that knowledge. On right. you. And they don't want to go away from it. They don't want to veer away from it at all. I listen, this is how powerful the mind is. There are clients that I would tell them, I don't need to teach you anything new. All I need for you is for you to unlearn some of the things mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because that's the mm-hmm. biggest problem, even with dairy, right? It goes from generation to generation, even for people mm-hmm. who. This is the information that they've been fed. Mm-hmm. You want strong bones, you do. You want strong bones, you want calcium, you do dairy. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, the cattle, the cows, where do they get their calcium? From the plants. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So I don't even want to go through that, that whole because I get really frustrated about this whole Thing. And if you look at the data, the countries that do the most dairy, the women have the most hip fracture. They have, what is it called? Hip fractures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. brittle bones. Mm. I mean, there is data. The other day I was looking at, I think it was PubMed. 
We're talking about how people who do two to three cups of dairy a day Ooh. have brittle bones. Mm. But that information, you go type and write something about dairy. Mm -hmm. It disappears on social media. Like the algorithm is stacked so properly. Oh, they own Please, it. I have never tried that. Oh know. my goodness. I mean, the cow people almost took almost took they, Oprah. If Oprah was they, the, they did oh, yeah. They almost I remember, remember when Oprah said the thing about meat. They almost they oh they, they uh, that they lady have, boy. Oh yeah, I do remember that. They yes. went to town they have on amazing lobbies. They do. Yes. Yes. The system is not set mm -hmm. for us to be healthy. I'm not saying like this was something intentional, like somebody is just sitting there going, ooh, I'm going to get mm -hmm. you guys sick. Mm -hmm. But if you look at something like the China study, have you guys, are you guys familiar with the China study? Oh my goodness. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah. Look it up because what's his name? Just look up the China study. It was this research that this guy had worked with the NIH but at the end, they won't publish it. And he decided to write a book. Mm -hmm. hmm. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, that's a good one. You read it, let your audience get into it. But preventive care is not what America is about, mm -mm. right? Because if preventive care was important, if our health was important. Mm -hmm. Even during this COVID season, mm. the rallying cry mm. would have been, oh, you guys start managing stress, start eating better. Girl, I went into the store, all the ding-dongs and all those things. <laughs> the, fewer, mm. the counters were all gone. That's what people were buying. Even right. at a point where, at this time, you know that if you're... <laughs> Like the immune system, mm -hmm. everybody at this point knew how important the immune system was. Right. right? But you don't hear them talk about that. I no, haven't heard no, that. It's just the vaccine. The, news. the vaccine. That is not going as much as vaccine is so important. Mm -hmm. But the vaccine is not what's going to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. Your immune system is your number one defense. Nobody is pushing no one. that. As a matter of fact, I feel like early last year, when I did start talking about immune system, you saw other people in our field saying like, you know, because they're very much, you'll hear some dietitians talk about, like, you can't boost your immune system. There's no such thing, you know, your body does what it's supposed to do on its own. But what if your body's not functioning right due to the fact that, you know, your lifestyle, stressors, how you eat. The whole picture is not the way it's supposed to be. We need to address that. Oh, yeah. And when we start addressing that, that is a form of boosting your immune system because we are now addressing the stressors. We're addressing all that processed food you're consuming. That's you know, right. we are then now boosting your immune system because it was suppressed. That's right. And it's, girl, I've been in this for, <laughs> as I said before, it became popular. and people would always just go like, oh, that's a little bit, I mean, you guys are just a little bit extreme. I mm -hmm. said, no, I'm not. I have no cavities. When you take care of the body, mm -hmm. 
the body, if we are not interfering, the body should truly do what it's supposed to do. Right. But we are constantly interfering. Mm -hmm. The American, the standard American diet said, right? It's not able to help you to sustain life. And that's the truth. That's our main problem. The standard American diet. Mm -hmm. What Americans eat every day Mm -hmm. from the cereal to all the other processed foods, totally extremely refined grains and sugar, these things cannot sustain health. And that's why people are sick all the time. I mean, if you can believe, when you look at the 10 top leading causes of death in the United States, seven is diet and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Seven out of 10. Yeah, That's some really staggering numbers. And I wanted to add something to it. You know, when you mentioned diet, I realized too that certain environments are set up to make people sick because of a lack of access to nutritiously dense foods. Absolutely. And prior to this podcast, Agatha, I was on your, it wasn't your Instagram, it was your company's Instagram. And you were showing like behind the scenes how you actually take real food and you cook it up in the kitchen. So before we get into your company and yummy spoonfuls, I wanted to know, seeing that, you know, we're talking about health and wellness, why did you decide from a business perspective to make a product for children? Like in your approach, how do you think children should be fed in America? So I hear two questions. Why did I <laughs> yeah. decide to make a product for kids and how they should be fed? Mm-hmm. So I'm going mm-hmm. to start with how I ended up making food. I started teaching free workshops and I did that for years. I would go to hospitals. I remember when I moved to Georgia, I had gone to Fulton Regional Hospital Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. said, oh, I do, like people know me, I teach in mother baby. I teach how to make baby food, how to make snacks. And they were like, oh, what's your company? And I'm like, I don't have a company. At that point, I didn't even have a company. Mm-hmm. I just knew that the little knowledge I have, it's making a difference for the people that I mm-hmm. meet. Because people, you're only as good as what you know. I realized a lot of parents didn't know because, I mean, every parent wants to do good for their kids. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what is good, right? But so I will mm-hmm. host these workshops and I would, we will do live cooking. It's free. At that time, and everybody, when we're cooking, people contribute, it might be $25, $25, and we'll make a big batch, and they would share it and take home. And I realized there were a couple of moms who every time they would come back to that workshop. And one day I'm looking, I'm like, well, you've learned how to make peas and butternut squash like four times. (laughs) What's the deal? And she's like, oh, well, listen, Agatha, I'm telling you, my child knows when you cook and when I cook. When (laughs) I go make it at home, my child doesn't like the taste. And Mm. I realized just thinking that it is the convenience. She wants this food. 
mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. I got to a point where I'm like, okay, if I really want to see the change that I'm trying so hard to implement, I need to bring this type of food to market. And to me, it was twofold. One, I wanted to prove that you can make commercial food almost like homemade food, right? Because literally there was nothing. Till this day, I don't see even like our pancakes today has zero Mm -hmm. preservatives. Just like you would make at home. That's why our things are frozen. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing. I said... Even if, if, even if the only thing I do is to change the mindset, because busy parents just settled, like, well, I know it's not the best, it has this, it has that, it has that, because it's not homemade. So I wanted to make food like you would at home mm-hmm. for kids, right. because kids, to me, the most in danger. Mm-hmm. Kids, adults, as adults, we eat for maintenance, right? Right. Your child eats for development. Right. The food, your, your child literally becomes the food that you feed them. Right. Hmm. Right. And the disease mm-hmm. doesn't happen overnight. No. Nope. It happens over a long span, depending on what it is. So in my head, I'm like, I am going to give every child on planet Earth as much as I can reach the same fighting chance that I'm giving my own kids at home. Because my kids are born here. I mean, my youngest is 16, about to be 17. He -hmm. has no cavities. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, Mm -hmm. because you're from Africa. I'm like, no, he's (laughs) not from Africa. He's from Keniston, right here, Keniston (laughs) Hospital, right? Mm -hmm. And the other question on how kids should be fed in America, I try. I did an article for Motherly Magazine about picky eating. And I started that article from, I think I said, food parenting is the most emotional parenting sector. Mm-hmm. It's a touchy subject. But as a mother... When I speak on this, I don't even speak as a nutritionist. I don't, I speak as a mother. As a mother, I think it doesn't matter whether you come from disease. You, the next generation from you can become health. You can stop the circle. The way you need to feed your child, Mm -hmm. you should be intentional. You should feed your child like their life depends on it. Because their lives, 100% depends on it. Mm-hmm. And I have worked with moms who would say, oh my gosh, he, he would only or she would only want to eat French fries or he, she would only want to eat Oreos and this, which I get. Mm-hmm. What I try to remind parents, you're one year old, you're two year old, you're three year old, you're four, five, six year old. They don't have the aptitude to make mm-hmm. health and wellness decisions. Mm-hmm. You, the parent, you do. Right. And sometimes right. I know it's hard. However, 
the choices that you are making today for your child, if every day you are feeding your child refined foods, you're giving your child sodas, then unintentionally, and I would still say unintentionally, because I know for sure there is no parent who would intentionally want to harm their child. Right. Unintentionally, you are 100% hurting your child mm-hmm. because when you feed your child food that's devoid of nutrients, mm-hmm. it's like using a credit card to buy something. You're going to pay mm-hmm. one day. And that's how it is. So I tell a story about the mom who came to my workshop and they were about to put a tube in her baby's ears because they've tried everything. The the child kept having ear infections Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after ear infections, ear infections after ear infections. Someone from Arizona had told her to come to my workshop. Mind you, this, this is my free workshops. It's not today. That's back in the day, free workshops Mm -hmm. that I'm doing Mm -hmm. on my free time. And she came, she's like, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. So I'm like, well, I'm not a doctor. However, I know that we can change. We can infuse your baby with some nutrients and see how it works. Mm -hmm. Tell your pediatrician to give you a month. She's like the pain, the pain when it starts, we take the antibiotic, it stops, then it starts. That's a whole different, that would be a whole different podcast. Right. We have to talk <laughs> about the damage of antibiotics and the way they give it free willy-nilly. No test. Right? Just hand it out. How, how it messes the gut, yeah. right? That's a whole different thing. But I'll, I'll stay focused. <laughs> and so this, I asked her, I said, what is the baby eating? She said, oh... It was the rice cereal. It was the this. I said, okay, do you trust me? She's like, I have no choice. We took the rice mm. cereal off, which she was like, well, and I started giving my baby rice cereal. I started adding it to my baby's milk when my baby was four months old. Mm-hmm. So my baby should go to sleep. And I told him like, that by itself, it's a problem, right? Your baby food shouldn't knock your baby out. Like that. Mm. So if you're even intentionally giving your baby something that burdens their system so much that the immediate reaction is mm-hmm. sleep, that again, that's another one. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> we took the cereal out and we did blueberries. We made sweet potato, puree, and this. Within three weeks, it was three weeks. No ear infection, no recurring ear infection for the three weeks. And wow. she was stomped. Mm-hmm. Like, how come my pediatrician said nothing? Mm-hmm. I said, your pediatrician can't say anything because truly their job is in sickness care. Your pediatrician didn't study nutrition. Right. Mm-hmm. True. The problem is most pediatricians today are nutritionists. Because everybody's trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hear a pediatrician would advise a parent, not even saying like, well, it might be if you're, let's just, let's look for, talk to a nutritionist or talk to a dietitian. 
they would just give the advice. Well, three servings of dairy for calcium, some fruit, some days, some days, some days. Mm-hmm. Every pediatrician I know, most of them would say, even our pediatrician, until she got to a point where Agatha, I'm doing some research and I'm doing this, I'm doing this. This dairy thing, it's not working. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, for calcium, you say, oh, we can't do dairy. Say, well, don't we can't do milk. Yeah, do the cheese or do the yogurt. Mm-hmm. Right? So a change of diet. This was one thing that I saw. There was such an immediacy. That was it. That kid never had the, the tube put in and never had another ear infection. Right. But there was a whole Amazing. different thing that she needed to do mm-hmm. to start repopulating the gut flora. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that the kid was back to back on antibiotics, right? That's that other side effect that nobody is thinking about. Right. 70% of the immune system is in the gut. Right. So every time the child gets better, the immune system is not there to sustain it and they relapse. Mm-hmm. That's the hmm. problem that was happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. You know, that's true. There was a couple that went to my church. The guy is a radiologist and I forgot what the mom is, but she's a physician as well. And they had a young son and she was telling me that her kid, she chooses not to give him antibiotics because she understood the impact that it had on his gut and his immune system. And I'm, I'm looking at her like, wow, you're like the first physician I've heard say that, but you know, I didn't say it out loud, but I mean, honestly, it's true. It's it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell my clients, I have a questionnaire. If you go to, whether it's your pediatrician, whether it's for you, your doctor, Mm -hmm. and they are prescribing antibiotic, Mm -hmm. ask, ask all these questions. Okay. This thing that I have, or the, the, the prescription, the antibiotic you're giving me, what is it? Is it broad spectrum or is there a particular thing that you're going to right? Mm -hmm. Or, well, can this thing run its course or not? Like ask questions. The moment you start asking, you guys might get to a point where it's like, you know what? Let's wait a couple of days. Or, and if your doctor says, listen, this particular thing, we've seen it before. I would advise you to take the antibiotic. Then you take it and just start your plan on how to repopulate, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like you can never take but it shouldn't, you shouldn't just take it for something that you have a cough. And mm-hmm. if I'm asking if my child's pediatrician is like, oh, let's do an antibiotic. And I'm like, oh, okay. If we don't take the antibiotics, what happens? How long is the cough going to last? And it's like, well, it might be a week. Then is there something to look for? Like if he cough, if it changes color, the mucus changes color. My kid is mm. 16. It might be he's had antibiotics twice, mm-hmm. right? Because you ask these questions. If it's not really necessary, you don't take it. And oftentimes there's not even a test that is done. They're going off of the symptoms and it could be a virus while we're treating it with antibiotics. You know what I mean? Mm. So we that's just, it's, that's the, I mean, I see it even in clinical setting. When I was in the clinical setting with the elderly. <laughs> yeah. Somebody looked like they have a UTI, whether we know it or not. No one has tested anything. We just 
Antibiotics. Let's start them on antibiotics and then we do the tests. I honestly believe that we would start seeing health and wellness, well-being in a different light if in every doctor's office there is a dietitian, mm-hmm. nutritionist, an integrative health coach. Mm-hmm. All this, along with the doctor, they need to be in the same space. Right. So when somebody walks in, it's not just ching, 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 ching about money. It's about your well-being. Because then the doctor, the physician can be looking at you and go, well, I think you need a lifestyle change. I'm not sure what that is, but let's try this before we get you on any drugs. Right. Unlike, let's try drugs. You need to watch Monique. You know Monique, the comedian? Uh-huh. She did an IG live. I don't know. When we're done, I'll have to find and tag you or inbox you so you, you can watch it. Okay. And she shared her story, how she was on blood pressure medication mm-hmm. for like six years. And her doctor not once told her to do any lifestyle or diet change. She is sitting, she's having her hair done by her hairdresser. And the mm-hmm. lady is washing her hair and asked her, are you on that, that, that medication? And she's like, excuse me? And the lady is like, her hairdresser is like, yeah, I have a couple of clients who they're losing their hair because of the medication mm. that they're taking for, for high blood what? pressure. Yes. <laughs> wow. She went to her, to her doctor. It's like, okay, I need to get off this medication. And he told her, you can't, you can't get off this medication. You need to stay on it. Mm-hmm. And she left. She never went back. That's how she completely changed her lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Got off that med and she's been off that medication till today. That's so awesome. That's she moved from eating steak as, oh, this is what money is to completely a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. So she could get off that medication, but not one time. How do you have somebody on medication for this long? For a lifestyle right. and diet problem. And you never told them once to change anything. Right. I was going to mention in regards to the kids situation, when we were t- talking about raising our children. So I grew up like you did, where food was wholesome. Like my mom, everything was made from scratch because that's how she grew up. When I started having kids, my kids, my first kid, I had just come out of my dietetics program. So all that was fresh in my mind about how you're you're quote unquote supposed to do things. So I breastfed him for six months. After the six months, I then started introducing formula. Why? Because Mm. that's what we're taught to do. And he is the only one of my kids that has ever had an ear infection. That's um, right. And he had wow. eczema. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Until I took him off dairy, period. I remember he's 10 now. So he's been off of it for eight years because he was at two. So for about yeah. a year and a half, so six months was breastfeeding exclusively, a year and a half, he was on breast milk and dairy. Why? <laughs> That's what I was taught. That's and right. so the eczema mm-hmm. came about on him. And when I removed all those things, 
the ear infection, he never had another ear infection. He wasn't having them consistently, but he had one or two ear infections. And then subsequently, my last three kids after him, they've only had breast milk. They've only gotten food from home. I've never, I don't buy any of the other stuff that I thought was awesome. When you open it, you know, the color is different, you know, like the, Mm -hmm. you know, everything is made from home. I think one of the reasons why moms can get overwhelmed is because we make it so hard and make parents think that everything has to be mush. You got to blenderize everything. You know, there are stages. I do agree to that. But for me, because I'm already doing whole foods and wholesome foods at home, like my rice, it's rice and beans that I'm serving for the family. The baby's yeah. beans may be mashed up a little bit more, but he's eating those beans. That's right. That mm-hmm. I cook from home, dry beans that I cook from home. If it's rice, I mean, we, and that's the way it's been. And the other three, they've not had, they don't have the eczema. They don't have any of the ear infections. And my oldest is the only one that has seasonal allergies. I've nixed that. Wow. I've nixed it. I fixed that, but he's the only one that had it. The rest of them did not. I'm so happy you're saying this. As a mother, I think conversations like this are helpful. Mm -hmm. We all will do better when we know better. That's right. That I know in my heart. I think the way, even when you go to the hospital, you deliver in the bag, in the goodie bag that you take home, formula is already there, Mm -hmm. right? And it's almost like formula has just been put in it's almost like, oh, well, if you don't want to breastfeed, right. you can do formula, it's the same. I know for sure, I know for sure that there are, there are moms who can't breastfeed. That's right. And to them, formula is a lifesaver, mm-hmm. right? All I would say is for the moms who can breastfeed, mm-hmm. invest the time mm-hmm. to breastfeed. It's not, it, there is nothing that's good. That comes easy. Everything, even the baby, the baby, we ca- you carry the baby in your tummy for nine months. It didn't just happen. So if you can really breastfeed and if you can't, if formula is what you have to turn to, okay, research, look for the best mm-hmm. that you can. And when you are over that point where okay formula is done go to whole foods because you with you will formula fed you have to do a little bit more right. when it comes to to food because you want to be putting infusing your baby with nutrients mm-hmm. right as i mentioned earlier adults we eat for maintenance we eat for energy mm-hmm. children eat for development that's right mm. so food is really important right as you said joanne there is the pressure of like, oh my goodness, especially with social media, because now you see there are some moms on social media who they actually looks like they milk their own cow and churn their butter, right? Because they do everything. Right. And there are moms who would look at that and feel guilty mm-hmm. because, oh, I have, I have three jobs. I can't make, no, just look for a little bit of time. It might be you can have two or three of your friends. Mm-hmm. So you, you guys can trade where this week I would cook for everybody. 
Mm-hmm. And next week you cook for everybody. Right. So people, mm-hmm. you don't have to spend all the time. But I would prioritize my child's nutrition over any and everything else. Right. So just make time. And it doesn't have to be fancy. You mm-hmm. don't even need to have fancy equipment. If you have, if it's your baby and you have sweet potato, you steam the sweet potato, honestly, you can wash your hands and mash that thing with your hand. Mm-hmm. You can use a fork and mash it, right? It doesn't have to be nicely pureed. No, you can mash it. But just be really mindful and don't fall for marketing gimmicks. Yes, because are, somebody yeah. is making so much money on the demise of the health of your child mm-hmm. and your health as well. Wow. And one more thing I would remind the audience before we end here. I don't know if you guys remember this episode that we did with Dr. Columbus. You remember it, Kim? He's a yes, I do. preventative cardiologist. If you have not listened to this, go back. I don't remember what season it was, but go back a few seasons. And he said something that I didn't even know, although I had been doing all these things based on how I was raised. I didn't know. He said that by nine years old, you set your child's life up in regards to disease that may, they may or may not develop. He said by nine. I was like, oh, yes. Mm. Oh, yes. That has stuck with me. Yes. 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 And yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a study. For, for the longest time, I had just assumed that breast cancer is genetics mm-hmm. because that's what we know. That's what we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. Then I saw this that said, oh, just 5% of breast cancer is genetics. Five. Hmm. The rest is diet and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Take that to the bank. Mm-hmm. What is the most feared? I mean, Breast cancer. When I saw that, I almost self-slapped myself. I'm hmm. like, how can this? Why is there not a huge campaign? Mm-mm. Why are we marching all the time? Why is there not a huge campaign? We're like, oh, listen, you have a choice. We are made to feel so helpless about disease. I think what we need to teach the next generation is for them to be able to differentiate between health and disease and know that right. they have a choice. That way they can choose health more because we're not, we're not helpless victims. A mm-hmm. lot of the things that really, a lot of these chronic diseases that is in our communities are preventable. Mm-hmm. And it is buried in our everyday choices. Absolutely. That is true. That is true. I think you hit the nail right on the head with mm-hmm. that one, Agatha. Mm-hmm. So in closing, if someone out in our audience is listening and they want to connect with you and know more about Yummy Spoonful, how can they do so? Oh, my handle, they can, they can reach out to social media. I mean, which that's a whole different story after the stunt of 
social media. I'm really, I'm working. I've been doing this for almost a year now. I want to get off social media. I want to create a community outside, like on, you know, Mighty Network or Kajabi somewhere where yeah. I can easily, I can just create a space mm-hmm. that I can share. So for now, again, it's social media. It's Agatha Achindu. That's my handle on every platform. And they can also just go to Yummy Spoonfuls. I have a website, which is agathaachindu.com. And I do share a ton of tips, mm-hmm. non-conventional tips. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who is trying to think outside of the wow. bucket <laughs> or the box, they can, they can let, them, let them follow me. The one thing that I want to add, because I, as an immigrant, and you know, we have a different food culture. Mm-hmm. I remember when I came to the United States, I'm still eating my my food and my friends who've been here for a while, they're like, oh my gosh, you're eating this, you're eating that. Our food is healthy. Mm-hmm. Our food mm-hmm. is wholesome. Mm-hmm. The challenge, the challenge that's with a lot of these foods, these cultural foods, is because the, the food giants haven't really figured out how to industrialize some of right. these things, mm-hmm. right? So it's not money making mm-hmm. to them. So it has to be put in the back burner. But when we talk about something like the immune system and we're talking about, oh, what do you need to feed the good bacteria? You need resistant starch, mm-hmm. plantain. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful right. resistant starch. You don't even, I don't even see plantains in all the diet books because they don't know the cultural foods are not giving the room to shine. Mm-mm. Right. Because a lot of this, a lot of the foods, especially when it's, you know, simple carbs, it doesn't even get to the large intestine. It doesn't get to where it needs to feed the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Correct. So don't give up on your cultural foods. Yeah. Right. Some of our cultural foods might need a little bit tweaking here and there, mm-hmm. but a majority of our foods, the way we eat is the healthy way mm-hmm. because meat at every give, at any given time for people who eat meat is not even the main cause. The meat will be something on the side. Then you have the, whatever, whether it's the plantains, the rice and beans, the sauteed cabbage, you have all these things, the steamed corn, right? We have good food. We do. Eat, rest well, move your body a little bit, think happy thoughts, drink water, go out and get some sun. Mm-hmm. Health is not expensive. I'm trying to look for the right way to say this. Wellness, when you put a little bit of intention behind it, it's easy. Sickness is hard mm-hmm. because you have to do the wrong things over and over to get sick. Mm-hmm. But the wrong things are everywhere. We are overworked. We eat the wrong food. We think resting. If you're doing three different things at once, then you're super mama. I don't want to be a superwoman. I want to be able to rest. Exactly. Exactly. And definitely with that, guys, you heard it straight from Agatha. 
It's about our lifestyle. It's about our diet, how we manage stress, drinking water, these inexpensive things that are accessible to us at a very reasonable cost are the things that are important for our health and overall wellness. And I'm also going to add our happiness. So with that being said, remember to share this episode with a friend and don't hesitate to give us five stars. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.